Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Story time. At 54 years old, I am a husband, father, and grandfather with a Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Few years of Navy experience under my belt. My story takes place in central Pennsylvania, home to the Bald Eagle Ridge, a 60-mile-long mountain ridge that marks the boundary of the Appalachian Plateau to the west. This region of Pennsylvania is stunning, with the majority of the state's population residing in the valleys rather than the secluded mountaintops. About a decade ago, my wife, 25-year-old son, two grandchildren, and one of their friends joined me for a walk at the reservoir that supplies drinking water to our area in central Pennsylvania. The reservoir, created by damming a creek that runs through the valley, is a picturesque spot teeming with fish and surrounded by wildlife. Before suffering two strokes in recent years, I was an avid hunter and fisherman who taught my family to appreciate nature. 
Naturally, my son and I were armed during our walk to protect ourselves from any potentially dangerous animals. Despite starting our walk later than planned, we enjoyed our journey up the mountain. As night fell, we each carried a flashlight and proceeded without concern. While walking, I suddenly felt uneasy for no apparent reason. I then heard what sounded like heavy footsteps above us on the steep hillside to our left. As my son led our group, we all stopped to listen. I couldn't help but feel startled, though I initially dismissed the sound as a deer or another animal. However, the entire group remained alert as we continued walking. Soon, we heard the sound of a large branch snapping, followed by what seemed like a tree or boulder being thrown. It was a loud noise, different from the sound of a tree falling due to wind. We then heard what sounded like a heavy person running. At this point, we picked up our pace, trying to reach our truck quickly. Although our flashlights illuminated the hillside, we saw nothing but trees. The remainder of the walk back to the truck was uneventful, but we remained on high alert, unsure of what had made the noise. Based on my experience, I believe it sounded like something had ripped a tree from the ground and thrown it. Could it have been a Bigfoot shadowing us? It's a possibility I cannot dismiss. I had always been intrigued by the unknown, especially when it came to sightings of unidentified flying objects. So, when I moved to Chicago in May 2019 to begin my new job as a park ranger, I never expected that I would have my own encounter with the unexplained. On a warm spring afternoon, I was sitting on the front porch of my new home, enjoying the sunshine and sipping on a cold glass of lemonade. My neighbor, Ken Ross, a friendly middle-aged man with a penchant for stargazing, was relaxing on his porch as well. We exchanged pleasantries, discussing the weather and our plans for the weekend. Suddenly, Ken's gaze drifted upward, his eyes widening in shock. He nudged me, pointing to the sky. Look at that, he exclaimed. Following his gaze, I saw a strange, black amorphous object hovering in the sky. It was unlike anything I had ever seen before, and it seemed to defy all logic. We watched the object in awe, as it moved gracefully across the sky. It was difficult to gauge its size and distance, but it was clear that this was no ordinary aircraft or weather balloon. Ken, being an avid UFO enthusiast, quickly pulled out his cell phone and began recording the enigmatic object. What do you think it is? I asked my voice barely above a whisper. I have no idea, Ken replied, his eyes never leaving the screen of his phone. But it's definitely not something I've ever seen before. As we continued to watch the UFO, a sudden gust of wind caused it to wobble, momentarily revealing a metallic glint beneath its black exterior. It then continued on its path, eventually disappearing behind a cluster of trees. Ken and I exchanged bewildered glances, unsure of what we had just witnessed. We spent the next few hours reviewing the footage, analyzing the object's shape, movement, and size. Despite our best efforts, we were unable to come up with a plausible explanation for the bizarre sighting. In the days that followed, Ken uploaded the video to various UFO forums, hoping that someone might be able to shed some light on the mysterious object. The response was overwhelming, 
with many viewers expressing their own theories and experiences with similar sightings. As a park ranger, my job often put me in close contact with nature, and I couldn't help but wonder if there were other unknown phenomena lurking in the skies above. My encounter with the black amorphous UFO had sparked a newfound fascination with the unexplained, and I found myself spending more time with Ken, discussing our shared interests and embarking on nightly sky watches. The sighting had left an indelible mark on both of our lives, serving as a constant reminder that there are still mysteries in this world waiting to be discovered. And as I continued my work as a park ranger, I couldn't help but look up at the sky and wonder what other secrets lay hidden among the stars. I was hiking in the Ho Rainforest on the Olympic Peninsula in Washington back in 03. I was trying to do this really snazzy hike from the ocean to Mount Olympus. Well, day one is a blast, get everything accomplished. Day two, fog. Fog as thick as anything you can imagine. I can't get a decent GPS fix, so I'm pretty much blind, but I know if I follow the Ho River upstream, I'll get to one of the campsites I'm going for. Day goes by, and fog isn't clearing up at all. I get to a fairly big clearing and set up my tent. I grab a power bar and chill out as it starts going to the darkest black night I've ever experienced. I'm seriously a bit unnerved at the whole thing. Not scared as much as just. Anxious. About 2 in the morning, I start hearing this huffing noise. Like Darth Vader without the helmet on. My imagination starts to go freaky, and I reach for my flashlight. I pull the drawstring on the tent a little. Very quietly. And poke my head out. Still dark as death. I hear the noise coming from maybe, maybe 5 feet to my right. At this point, I'm seriously rethinking my belief in Sasquatch. I poke my flashlight out and turn it on. I'm a few feet away from a massive Roosevelt elk, who'd lost his way in the dark as well. He sees the flashlight, bolts the other way, tags a tree and knocks himself clean out. I laid in the tent until I heard a groan, a bunch of commotion and the big guy grunt away. I have had my fair share of paranormal experiences. One of the most bizarre encounters occurred in the streets of Iliopolis, Greece, where I saw a strange woman with large, protruding eyes, a high forehead, and an incredibly thin waist. She was dressed in old-fashioned gray clothes, a skirt and a jacket, and beneath them, she wore tight transparent trousers. She was accompanied by a peculiar dog, which appeared to be a shadow hovering just above the ground. The creature was tethered to her with a transparent, thick cord. As I approached her, trying to ask who she was and when she had come from, she shot me a fierce glare and vanished into the St. George site of antiquities. The very next day, word spread that an aluminum hut had descended from the sky and landed in the nearby fields of St. Nicholas. It had windows through which a shepherd reportedly saw incredibly ugly dwarfs, one of which had the head of an animal. After a few minutes, a door opened, and a dwarf emerged holding something resembling a golden plate. The strange woman I had encountered the day before appeared as well. The dwarf bowed to her, and she filled the plate with dirt before they both entered the hut. The peculiar structure then took off, disappearing into the sky with a loud bang. 
It was a bright summer day when my extended family and I decided to go hiking on a trail at the breaks in Virginia. We had planned this trip for weeks, excited about spending some quality time together and reconnecting with nature. The weather was perfect, and spirits were high as we embarked on our adventure. As we hiked deeper into the woods, we chatted and laughed, enjoying each other's company. The trail was beautiful, with lush greenery surrounding us and the sound of birdsong filling the air. It felt like we were miles away from the hustle and bustle of everyday life. After hiking for a couple of hours, we came across a large rock that appeared to be the site of some sort of ritual. The scene was eerie, with strange symbols and what looked like remnants of candles scattered around. I'm not a religious person, but even I couldn't shake the feeling that there was something deeply unsettling about the place. It reminded me of the Blair Witch Project, and I couldn't help but feel a shiver run down my spine. Feeling unnerved, we decided to abandon our hike and head back to the road as quickly as possible. We hurried along the trail, eager to put the unsettling scene behind us. It was then that my mom's cousin's husband revealed that he had a GPS satellite tracker on him, which we could have used an hour before to avoid getting lost. As we follow the GPS, we realized that we had somehow managed to hike all the way to the Virginia-Kentucky state border. The realization was both amusing and alarming, as we could have been lost in the woods for much longer if not for the GPS. When we finally made it back to the road, we came across a park ranger who was patrolling the area. We shared our experience with him, describing the strange ritual site we had found. The ranger listened carefully, his expression growing increasingly concerned. I've heard rumors about this sort of thing happening in the area, he told us, but I've never come across it myself. It's important that you reported it, so we can keep an eye out for any suspicious activity. We thanked the ranger for his help and made our way back to our cars, relieved to have made it out of the woods unscathed. As we drove away, I couldn't help but feel grateful for the presence of the park ranger and the GPS satellite tracker that had guided us to safety. That day, our family hike took an unexpected turn, but it brought us closer together as we faced the unknown. The experience taught us the importance of being prepared for anything and the value of looking out for one another. And while the memory of the eerie ritual site still sends shivers down my spine, I'll always remember the adventure we shared and the bond it forged between us. I remember it like it was yesterday, May 9, 1981. The day that changed my life forever. The day I saw something that still haunts my dreams to this very day. The Sykesville Monster. I was walking my dog near the woods of Sykesville, Maryland, when I heard a rustling in the bushes. I peered into the darkness, straining my eyes to make out the figure that emerged. It was taller than any man I had ever seen, and it certainly wasn't human. Nor was it an ape. I instinctively dubbed it a Bigfoot, as that was the only way I could describe the creature before me. In the years since my encounter, I've made it my life's mission to uncover the truth behind what I saw that fateful day. The local police have no records of the incident and all my attempts to find answers have been met with silence. One day in 2014, I received a phone call that would turn my world upside down. 
The man on the other end of the line claimed to be a former military contractor who had worked at a secret government facility in Harford County, Maryland. He told me a story of a mysterious building with a heavily reinforced door that had been damaged by something inside. Could it be that the creature I saw in Sykesville had escaped from this facility? Were there more of them? Was this somehow connected to the whispered rumors of a place called the Monkey House? Over the following years, I pieced together the story of the elusive Monkey House near the Springfield Hospital Center. Locals believed it to be a facility where inmates laundered clothing and linens, but the level of security around the building raised more questions than answers. Eventually, the building was raised, and a residential community sprouted in its place. I began to entertain the possibility that my Sykesville monster was an escaped experiment from this monkey house or the facility in Harford County. In my search for the truth, I reached out to other witnesses and investigated a surge of Bigfoot sightings at nearby Rock State Park and Gunpowder Falls State Park during the same period. As I dove deeper into this mystery, I found myself in a web of secrets and half-truths, with more questions than answers. The sightings in the state parks, the monkey house, the damaged door in the Harford County facility, were they all connected, or were they simply a series of coincidences? It's been over 40 years since my encounter with the Sykesville monster. I still don't have all the answers, and perhaps I never will. The search for answers continues, and I'll keep pressing on, for as long as it takes. Because I know what I saw that day, and I won't rest until I find the truth behind the Sykesville monster. One evening, as the sun dipped below the horizon, I decided to go for a hike in the Santa Monica Mountains in Los Angeles. I wanted to clear my head, so I chose a five-mile loop that I could complete before nightfall. The cool air and the sounds of the forest enveloped me as I walked, and I felt at ease enjoying the solitude of the trail. As I rounded a bend, I spotted another lone hiker approaching from the opposite direction. We were both moving at a steady pace, and as the distance between us grew smaller, I couldn't help but feel a sense of recognition. I squinted my eyes, trying to place the familiar face, when it suddenly hit me like a lightning bolt. I knew this person, he was the actor who played Jamie Gumb, also known as Buffalo Bill, in the movie Silence of the Lambs. My heart raced as the character's chilling persona flashed through my mind, and I couldn't help but feel a pang of fear. I knew he was just an actor, but the character he portrayed had left an indelible mark on my memory. We continued to approach each other, and as we got within three feet of one another, our eyes met. He must have seen the shock and recognition in my expression, for his eyes held a sad and resigned acknowledgement. Yes. I'm him. No, I'm not really a serial killer. Despite knowing the truth, I couldn't shake the uneasy feeling that had settled in my chest. I walked briskly past him, my heart still pounding, and resisted the urge to glance back until I was a good 100 yards down the trail. I finally stole a quick look over my shoulder, relieved to see that he had continued on his way, just another hiker enjoying the peacefulness of the mountains. The remainder of my hike was consumed by thoughts of that brief encounter. It was a stark reminder of how the characters actors play can haunt them and those who recognize them long after the credits have rolled. As I completed the loop and headed back to my car, 
the last light of the day fading from the sky, I couldn't help but feel grateful that I had met an actor who had played such a memorable character and not the character himself. I'm from the Netherlands and this happened to me. It's quite long sorry. I hope someone can help me out cause it's haunting me for years now. When I was younger I always had this feeling someone was standing behind me and I saw black shadows every morning. I stopped seeing them and moved on until this happened. I was 15 and I lived in some sort of mental hospital thing. One night I saw this figure in the middle of my room against the wall. It was very tall like 9 feet or something, very skinny, like you could see his ribs and spine. It had a grey slash blackish skin, he had big black eyes and a lurking smile with sharp teeth. He had very long limbs, arms, legs, feet, hands, I remember he had a chain around his neck and he had little horns. He was very slow. In that time I was in an abusive relationship and I was very depressed. I left the mental institute and got back home. It seemed to haunt me every time I got into a new relationship. If I brought my girlfriend home my behavior changed. I got grumpy, irritated and if she gave me love I got terrified. My whole body started to shake and talking was hard. When we broke up everything was fine again and I could leave it behind. After years I started dating again but the minute I brought someone home it was like nope this doesn't feel right and I got this overwhelming feeling again, even with friends sometimes. I tried to block this whole thing but it's only possible if I stay alone. My sister saw him standing on the stairs to my room one day, she described it the same as how I saw him that one time but he didn't do anything she said he just stood there after a while I met this girl, she said she was spiritual and locked him in a spell jar after I got a panic attack again. We broke up and it felt like something was missing I saw the jar and immediately opened it. What could this be? That one time was the only time I saw him but I feel his presence so now and then plus it's like I could imagine him next to me. Sorry for the long message I just hope someone can help, I'm not scared of him anymore cause he's harmless, so far as I know, it's just still in my mind. I had multiple theories what it could be like a lost soul or something. Thank you for your time. And hopefully I get a bit wiser. It was a cold, crisp winter morning, and I had decided to spend the day snowshoeing deep into the forest. The untouched snow blanketed the landscape, creating an eerily quiet and serene atmosphere. I reveled in the solitude, the crunch of my snowshoes on the fresh powder the only sound breaking the silence. As I ventured further into the wilderness, I stumbled upon a small clearing. To my amazement, words were etched into the snow in the center of the clearing, per audacia ad ignotum. I scanned the area, expecting to see footprints or some other sign of human presence, but the snow was undisturbed, as if the words had appeared by magic. My curiosity peaked, I took out my phone and searched for the meaning of the phrase. The closest translation I could find was through audacity towards the unknown. It sent a shiver down my spine, as if the words were a message meant just for me. I continued my hike, the phrase echoing in my mind. As I navigated the unfamiliar terrain, I realized that the words were pushing me to venture further into the unknown, to embrace the challenge of discovery. I felt a renewed sense of determination, 
an audacious spirit urging me to explore uncharted territory. The deeper I ventured into the woods, the more I discovered. I found a hidden waterfall, its icy waters cascading over frozen rocks. I stumbled upon an abandoned cabin, its time-worn walls whispering tales of bygone days. The words in the snow had inspired me to embrace the unknown, and I was rewarded with the beauty and wonder of the forest. As the sun began to set, I reluctantly turned back, making my way through the snowy landscape toward home. The words per audacia ad ignotum stayed with me, a reminder of the day's adventures and the thrill of stepping into the unknown. When I finally returned to the clearing where I had first encountered the message, the snow had begun to fall, gently erasing the words from the pristine surface. I felt a sense of gratitude for having been the one to discover them, and for the impact they had on my day. As I made my way home through the darkening forest, I realized that life is full of unexpected messages and hidden beauty, waiting to be discovered by those willing to venture into the unknown with audacity and courage. Growing up, the woods behind my house were my sanctuary. I spent countless hours exploring the area, learning every nook and cranny of the dense forest. The centerpiece of this woodland retreat was a creek, where I would often spend my days enjoying the cool, refreshing water. One late summer day, as I walked through the woods with my loyal white lab by my side, I came across a group of kids I didn't recognize. I assumed they were from the local military academy, taking advantage of their free time to enjoy the outdoors. The kids were daring each other to jump into the creek from a 15 to 20 foot high cliff. I couldn't help but feel concerned, as I knew that the water level had dropped significantly by that time of year, exposing several large rocks just beneath the surface. As I approached the group, I politely pointed out the hidden danger, suggesting they refrain from jumping to avoid any serious injuries. One of the kids, clearly feeling challenged by my advice, took great offense. He unleashed a torrent of curses at me, and with a defiant smirk, took a running start and jumped into the creek. Miraculously, he avoided the rocks, but the danger didn't seem to faze him. Fueled by adrenaline, the boy stormed out of the water and charged towards me. I calmly retreated up the bank, grabbed my trusty walking stick a six and a half foot long, inch thick octagonal oak oar, and stood my ground, with my protective lab by my side. The boy's friends, who had initially cheered him on, now realized the gravity of the situation and began urging him to back off. He hesitated for a moment, looking up at me and my imposing weapon, and then at my snarling dog. The realization that he had bitten off more than he could chew was written all over his face. In that instant, the bravado that had propelled him off the cliff and towards me vanished. He scrambled back up the cliff at a speed that rivaled his descent, his friends close behind him. As the group disappeared into the woods, I couldn't help but feel a strange sense of satisfaction. I hadn't sought out a confrontation, but I had stood my ground and protected both myself and my dog. In the end, I hoped that the encounter had taught the reckless young man a valuable lesson in respecting both nature and the advice of others who know it well. After the excitement had subsided, I continued my walk with my loyal companion, grateful for the peaceful solitude that the woods usually provided. The creek, now quiet and undisturbed, 
seemed to share my relief, its waters once again flowing gently and undisturbed through the heart of the forest. Lake Story in Galesburg is a popular spot for our nighttime walks, and aside from the occasional pesky raccoon, we've never experienced any issues. However, on the night of July 2, 2020, as we reached a particularly dark section of the trail deep in the woods, we heard a loud noise, like something large was about to fall on us. I quickly pulled my friend out of the way, and as I looked back, I saw an object almost hit the ground but then seemingly disappear. I dismissed it as shadows playing tricks on me, and my friend, who doesn't believe in anything paranormal, UFO, or spiritual, found it strange as well. A few days later, we walked the same path and experienced a similar occurrence. We heard a violent rustling in the trees, but once again, we brushed it off despite feeling unnerved. On our next walk, we arrived at the exact spot on the trail, and this time, we saw a four-foot-tall figure standing about 30 feet away. Initially, I thought it might be a deer, but my friend saw it too. I quickly grabbed her flashlight to shine a light on the figure, but there was no deer in sight. Instead, the mysterious figure dashed through the woods at an incredible speed. I don't know who to contact about these encounters, as the police might consider me crazy, and I don't want to put my family at risk. Unless there's a drug-addled, naked, small person in the woods throwing things and stalking us, I'm at a loss for an explanation. These unnerving encounters have happened three times in the same location, deep within the woods at Lake Story, near the far end of the trail. I realize that whoever reads this might think I'm a nut, but I assure you, this is our experience. This story was told to me by my uncle and swears it really happened. He was the only one in the family this happened to so no one else could back his story. I don't know if I believe this myself. In 1979 there was a 12-year-long civil war in El Salvador. My uncle was in the military. He was sent to the woods-slash-jungle with like six other guys to go look for militia groups that we supposedly camping out there. After walking in the woods-slash-jungle for hours, they suddenly felt the ground shake as if something big was coming towards them. He described it like in Jurassic Park then the T-Rex was coming towards them and the water rippled. He said they thought it was the enemy doing something so they hid. He said that he was shocked when he saw a giant. He said it was walking in the distance. I asked him if it was just maybe a really really big person like Bigfoot and he said no. It was more of a jack and the beanstalk kind of giant. He said there were trees blocking the view somewhat but that he could make out that it was like a really big human. He said it was as tall at the tallest tree there. He said he tried to get a good look at it, but he was terrified and didn't want to get out of his hiding when he realized what it was. He said the giant basically just walked past them. He said they were all terrified and and waited there for a while as they were scared to bump into another one. He said two of the guys suggested trying to kill it to get rich, but the guy in charge told them to stand down. My uncle said everyone thought they were idiots for suggesting such a thing. He said they walked back to base as quickly and quietly as possible. They told everyone when they got back no one believed them. They were friends with the pilots. 
And the pilots called bullshit on their story because they fly over the jungle all the time and would have seen such a creature especially if it was as tall as the trees as they claimed. He said all of the guys described what they saw. One guy claimed that it appeared bald. Another guy said he thinks it had some sort of loincloth like Tarzan. My uncle emphasized that he didn't get a good look. And that all he knows is that the ground was shaking as if some really big creature was coming towards them. He saw what appeared as a giant human walking in the distance. He got down and hid and waited till it was gone. I began to ask him things like if it was real don't you think they would have find a body or some bones of something that big. Especially since El Salvador is so tiny in relation to other parts of the world. He responded along the lines of I don't know about none of that stuff, I just know what I saw that day. I don't know how I feel about this one personally. This one seems a little out there. My mom said maybe it was some sort of spirit that just made itself appear as a giant to scare them. During the civil war times my mom claims there was a lot more paranormal things going on because of all the deaths that were happening. A lot of innocent people were being killed. My grandma would say if you looked out the window of the house you would see dead bodies on the street. That wouldn't explain the ground shaking though. Has anyone ever encountered a story of a jack in the beanstalk kind of giant? This one scared me as a kid because it's so unbelievable, that if he did actually see that, that's crazy. It was a late summer afternoon in 2017. My husband and I were sitting on our sun porch. It's a side porch that looks out over a driveway and towards our neighbor's property where he has a humongous pine tree. My husband asked me, do you see what I see? It just so happened that I did. He never described what he was looking at but pointed and following that, I saw a creature like that in the movie Predator. It was transparent, kneeling, and looking at us from a perch high up in the tree. You could only see an outline when it moved. It appeared weightless because it was up so high in the tree. Those branches couldn't hold much weight. It was just staring at us and when it realized that we saw it, it went behind the main body of the tree and disappeared. This was the first time my husband is seeing anything with me and so it changed his whole perspective. Of course, he is more open-minded and not too quick to dispute when I share things I've seen now. He is ex-military and has been all over the world. But this was at home where he saw something that couldn't be explained. We both saw it without a doubt. Those semi-invisible beings, I don't know for certain what they are. We both have theories. What I know for certain is that they look like the cloaked alien in the movie Predator, when it was in transparent or invisible mode. It had a lizard-shaped head. My mom grew up in a little town in El Salvador called Chalatenango. She would tell me and my sisters this story and she swears it really happened. All of my aunts that grew up with her confirmed this story also. Supposedly, my mom's friend's father woke up one night at around 2 a.m. in the morning. He was around 27 I believe. It was still dark out, but he had to take a piss. This town is poor so his bathroom was outside. While he was taking piss a beautiful woman walked past him. He was a player and went after her. He tried talking to her, but she keep walking away. She eventually stopped and turned around. 
When she turned around he was shocked to see that she had the face of a pig. He immediately started screaming. This woke his family and they went to his aid. They find him screaming rolled up in a ball in the middle of the road. They took him to the hospital. He went crazy. Before he went fully crazy he was able to tell his family what had happened. My mom's friend told her what had happened to her brother. All of the neighbors that lived around the man that this happened to heard him screaming also and looked out their windows and saw him there. My mom said the ghost creature is called the Siguanaba. She has Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. ...told me some other crazy ones that has happened to her when she was a kid. And my aunts and uncles have told me ones that have happened to them. Let me know if you want to hear them too. El Salvador used to be very hunted according to my family from there. As an avid angler, I had always found solace in the gentle flow of the Rio Grande River. The tranquility of the water, the rustling leaves, and the chirping birds offered an unparalleled escape from the bustling city life. I often went fishing on weekends, and this particular day was no exception. I arrived at my favorite spot near the UTEP College, right under the high train bridge off of Executive on the west side of El Paso. As I set up my fishing gear, I couldn't help but notice an eerie stillness in the air. It was as if the usual serenity of the river had been replaced by an unsettling silence. I cast my line and waited patiently, trying to shake off the strange sensation. However, I couldn't ignore the peculiar sight that awaited me when I pulled up my first catch of the day. What I had expected to be a fish turned out to be a bizarre collection of items, likely the remnants of a satanic ritual that had taken place the night before. There were three saint candles, a dime, and a Walmart rotisserie chicken with a bite taken out of it. The sight of these objects, so out of place in the peaceful surroundings, sent a shiver down my spine. I couldn't shake the feeling that I had stumbled upon something dark and sinister. Despite the odd discovery, I tried to focus on my fishing, hoping to put the unsettling scene out of my mind. However, the thought of what had transpired in this beautiful spot continued to nag at me. Who would do such a thing, and why? What had they hoped to gain from this ritual? As I sat there, pondering these questions, I heard footsteps approaching from behind. I turned to see a park ranger making his rounds. Relieved to see a friendly face, I greeted him and shared my strange discovery. He, too, appeared disturbed by the sight, 
but assured me that he would report the incident and make sure the area was cleaned up. I couldn't help but feel somewhat relieved by his presence, as if the darkness that had cast a shadow over the river had been chased away. I thanked the ranger and returned to my fishing, hoping to salvage what was left of my peaceful retreat. As the day wore on and the sun began to set, the river seemed to regain its usual tranquility. The bizarre encounter was now just a strange memory, a reminder that even in the most serene of places, darkness can sometimes find its way in. But with the support of those who care for and protect these natural sanctuaries, we can ensure that the light always prevails. There's a trail I love to hike and camp. When I was about 19 in the early 2000s some friends and I went to camp there. We decided to walk off the trail and explore. We hiked directly up the mountain and it flattens out into a bald spot before continuing. We're walking around it and feeling kinda weird. Then my buddy sees a horse leg at the edge of the clearing. Another at another part of the clearing. We eventually find its other legs and head, its fur still intact. It didn't even smell. There was a fire pit in the middle of the clearing. We freaked out because rituals. A year later, I'm with my mom and brother hiking or camping. We decided to hike in late. It's dark. We're pretty fat back, same area but stayed on the trail. This old dude appears with a dog that's super well behaved. No flashlight, no shoes. Dog has no leash. The guy has an eye missing, so it's just creepy. He's acting super nice and says he walks out here all the time. I didn't sleep at all. We hiked off the trail and made camp far away. I thought he was gonna kill us. Another time I was awoken early while sleeping near the trail by cracking sounds and he breathing near the campsite. When I finally got the balls to get up. There were claw marks and bite marks on a couple trees 50 feet from camp. For years, I had heard stories of strange happenings at Offutt USAF base in Nebraska, where I worked as a trooper. I never put much stock in ghost stories or paranormal occurrences, but that all changed one fateful evening. It had been an uneventful day, with clear skies and a gentle breeze. As the sun dipped below the horizon, I decided to take a walk around the base. I strolled past the barracks, the mess hall, and the training facilities, eventually making my way to an old, disused building. It was said to be the epicenter of the ghostly happenings. As I entered the musty, dimly lit structure, I couldn't help but feel a sense of unease. The air was thick with tension, and the shadows seemed to dance on the walls. I walked further into the building, my footsteps echoing through the empty halls. As I turned a corner, I noticed something strange, a dark figure perched in the rafters above me. It was eerily still, and as I stared at it, the figure vanished into thin air. I shook my head, chalking it up to a trick of the light, and continued my walk. Moments later, I encountered another figure, this one standing in a doorway. It seemed to be wearing an old military uniform, its features obscured by darkness. I called out to it, thinking it might be someone playing a prank. But as I approached, the figure disappeared through the locked door, leaving me dumbstruck. Feeling my heart race, I cautiously continued through the building, trying to make sense of what I had just witnessed. 
The air grew thick with the unmistakable scent of cigar smoke. A smell I would later learn was associated with the ghost of a former base commander who had died in a fire. The scent grew stronger as I ventured further into the darkness. Suddenly, I felt a hand on my shoulder, causing me to jump. Whirling around, I came face to face with another soldier, named Mark. He had been stationed at the base for years and was well acquainted with the ghostly tales. He had seen me enter the building and, knowing its reputation, had come to check on me. I stammered out an explanation of the strange things I had seen, expecting Mark to laugh at my wild imagination. Instead, he nodded solemnly, confirming that he too had experienced inexplicable events within the building's walls. We left the building together, the weight of the paranormal experiences heavy on our minds. From that day on, I couldn't deny the ghostly presence at off at USAF base. Mark and I became close friends, and we would often find ourselves discussing the supernatural occurrences and sharing stories of our encounters with the unknown. The base held many secrets, and I couldn't help but wonder how many more mysteries lay hidden within its walls. Despite my initial skepticism, the ghostly happenings at Offutt USAF base had become an undeniable part of my life and my work as a trooper. I was looking out my bedroom window across my backyard with a backdrop of a forest. I had a rabbit cage at the border to the forest adjacent to our work shed, roughly 40 feet away. I witnessed a six-foot-tall white rabbit with a dark vest facing the door to my pet rabbit's cage. I went into shock, as I was beginning to be skeptical of such things as the Easter Bunny as I was aging out of the concept. I couldn't believe my eyes. I maintained a visual of the rabbit and pinched and slapped myself so hard to try and wake myself up. The pain confirmed I was not dreaming. I rubbed my eyes, the giant rabbit was still there. I threw open the single pane window which led to the backyard facing the rabbit cage. I yelled at the rabbit, hey, I see you. I tried to volley up into the window to leap out and run to the rabbit, in my tidy white kid's underwear, but couldn't make it up out the window. It turned, looked at me, and took a series of bounds at high speed into the forest. I called my little brother, and he had arrived at the window as the giant rabbit disappeared into the Douglas firs. I woke my parents and even a neighbor. I quizzed them as to a possible Easter costume, but I knew no one could make leaps at that speed nor have such a detailed costume, and why run for that matter. They all had a good laugh at my expense. I explored my pet rabbit's cage and surroundings as well as the forest soon after trying to get a sense of what occurred. No tracks, no trace evidence was left behind. The memory haunts me to this day because of the absurdity of the situation. For some reason I thought I would google this strange experience, such as the one I had observed in my youth as it stands out in my mind to this day. Your witness's story came up in my feed and I have goosebumps as I write this. I am in disbelief and a little embarrassed but feel compelled to tell you my story because this is beyond coincidence and indicates something bigger is going on. Currently, I am a retired police officer and forensic artist residing in central British Columbia. I have witnessed strange things in my life and career, but this childhood memory was so strange, and not a hallucination. It feels like a relief to recount it, embarrassing or not. Thanks for your time.
I'm an ex-combat vet who survived tours in Iraq and Afghanistan. I have been wounded twice and came home back in 2011. I was stationed at Fort Leavenworth, Kansas. One night in January 2012, I was on guard detail at a medium-sized perimeter station with concrete walls two feet thick and a solid steel blast door a foot thick just about half a mile from the Missouri River. The guard with me stepped out to grab a smoke. This was around midnight in a snowstorm. Then he started banging on the door within a minute of him going outside. I opened the door and said like, what the F? You just went out there. He's like, there's something out here. It's not a man, it's not any animal. He never heard it screaming at him but he couldn't see it. So I stepped out with him and we could hear something very big just into the woods about a hundred feet away. Then we heard a scream. Roar. We both went back inside and locked the door. Within minutes the thing started banging on the door with such force that it took me back to combat. Readiness in a flash. We looked at each other and at the monitors in the station. We could see only the top of its head. Long story short, we finally opened the door after it took off and found dents in the solid metal door. Mind you, yeah, it still freaks me out. Footprints in the snow were 21 inches long that led over the perimeter fence which is 15 feet high with razor wire. The prints were headed toward the river. I'm a very rational person, but I had to share this. I never told anyone except my comrade who was on duty with me that night. It changed both of us to this day. I don't hike on trails, I tromp straight through the underbrush, sometimes follow deer trails, but never see other people. Once in the middle of nowhere I was surprised by a man walking rapidly toward me out of the bushes. He walked straight toward me, like he was speed walking for fitness, but in a direct line toward me. I just stared at him as he veered and speed walked right past me and continued off into the bushes on the other side. Not sure if he saw my hand in my pocket and the bulge of my gun, but I don't think so, I didn't get a creepy vibe as he seemed to be in a big hurry to get somewhere. Growing up in Pennsylvania. I developed a deep love for exploration. The vast forests and open fields called to me, inviting me to uncover their hidden treasures. And so, whenever I had a chance, I would set out on an adventure, eager to uncover the secrets that lay hidden beneath the soil. During my many excursions, I often stumbled upon arrowheads, remnants of a time long past. Each time I found one, a strange sensation would wash over me, particularly when I was alone. It was a mix of loneliness and sadness, as if I was picking up a piece of history that had been stolen from an entire group of people. The arrowheads seemed to whisper stories of a proud and ancient culture, full of life and tradition, now lost to the sands of time. And yet, at the same time, finding these arrowheads made me feel connected, as if I was being drawn into the intricate tapestry of human history. Through these ancient artifacts, I felt a bond with the people who had once called this land their home, the people who had crafted these tools with skill and care. I kept some of the arrowheads, cherishing them as tokens of my adventures and as reminders of the rich history that lay beneath my feet. However, most of the time, I would leave the arrowheads where I found them, 
hoping that someone else might come across them and experience that same strange mix of emotions. Over the years, I continued to explore the lands of Pennsylvania, uncovering more arrowheads and feeling that same inexplicable connection to the past. Each time I found one, I would pause for a moment, imagining the hands that had once held it and the stories that it could tell. As I grew older, I began to share my experiences with others, hoping to inspire a sense of wonder and connection in them as well. Together, we would explore the forests and fields, and whenever we found an arrowhead, we would share our thoughts and feelings, forging new bonds between ourselves and the history that surrounded us. Now, as I walk the same paths I once explored as a child, I feel a deep sense of gratitude for the strange, beautiful connection I've discovered between myself and the past. Through these simple, ancient artifacts, I have come to understand the importance of remembering and honoring the lives and cultures that have shaped our world. And so, each time I find an arrowhead, I am reminded of the power of history and the importance of preserving our connection to the past. For in these moments, I am not just holding a piece of stone, I am holding a story, a memory, and a part of our shared human journey. This is the only paranormal experience I've ever had, at least that I can remember. It was many years ago when I was 8 years old. I randomly woke up in the middle of the night not uncommon for me, and turned over in the bed to readjust. When I did that, I opened my eyes and saw a person, or humanoid-like figure, wearing a black robe that covered over its head with a hood, and draped down to its feet. I remember seeing a string around the hood as well. When I saw this thing I instantly knew it was real, and I knew it wasn't a random person in my house. I didn't have words to explain the feeling, but I knew I wasn't dreaming and it was not a figment of my imagination. It was way too real and I remember the immediate fear that went through my body. The second I saw it, I grabbed my covers and yanked them over my head, went into fetal position and closed my eyes. I was terrified. I didn't know what I was seeing, why there was some random person slash figure standing next to my bed. I laid there trying to calm myself down refusing to remove the covers from over me. I felt protected under them. I eventually fell back asleep and that was the end of it. I've never had any other experience even remotely like that. I grew up never mentioning it to anyone, thinking I'd be called crazy. Until I found this sub just now. I felt comfortable enough and wanted to share my experience and ask your guys thoughts opinions? My husband was deer hunting with his mom and our son in the middle of the Sierras, near La Porte slash Onion Valley, and found what appeared to be two full jugs of wine, like the Carlo Rossi kind. Off trail, miles from any habitable areas. They left them there figuring it might have been someone's tribute to a friend or family member, scattering of ashes and leaving tributes like this is pretty common among the longtime Sierra Mountain folk including my husband's own stepdad when he passed. In June of 1970, I was riding my motorcycle to Jen Olin Caves. Around 10 a.m., the sky darkened, and I decided to continue to the Conangra Walls. As I drove along the gum-lined road near Oberon, a silvery glow suddenly overcame me, lighting up the road ahead. Unable to stop, 
I drove straight into the glow. The recently darkened sky allowed the bright glow to illuminate the surrounding forest, seemingly originating from above. As I entered the glow, I was lifted quickly towards a large circular object. Once inside, the floor closed beneath me, leaving me standing in a glowing, light blue room. The room was hexagonal and flat, about 50 feet across and 12 feet high. I was terrified, but a voice in my head reassured me, and I began to relax. A wall section slid open, and three alien-looking beings, about six feet tall with grayish-blue skin, approached me. They had teeth, noses, and sex organs similar to humans, but their eyes were like a doe's. The beings led me into another room with strange equipment and a large metallic oblong block, which had a body-shaped groove in it. After examining me, they asked me to lie in the groove, where I felt magnetized and glued to the metal. Eventually, I passed out. When I regained consciousness, I was surrounded by multiple blue beings. Two of them held my clothes, shoes, and belongings. I dressed myself as they watched, and they led me through a brightly lit passageway to a large, tube-shaped walkway, which led to a colossal building. Inside, I saw countless male and female beings communicating telepathically. I was led to a green, dome-shaped building, where I would temporarily reside. It had odd furniture, a rubbery bed, and a toilet made of crystal-like metal. The two beings showed me various fruits and vegetables to eat and drinks in plastic jars and bottles. During my stay, I was flown in an oval-shaped hovercraft vehicle along a metallic road to a vast museum-like building and later to a different world with narrow waterways and forests of tall trees. I saw a large ocean with drinkable water and various watercraft. My captors informed me that I had been taken for study and that they had studied my memory and brain. Before I lost consciousness, I was told that the inhabitants of this planet were called ultra-beings at the peak of evolution, and when I woke up, I would possess higher knowledge. When I came to, I was lying on the road beside my motorcycle, half an hour before my abduction. Confused, I got up, started my motorcycle, and went home. My family didn't believe my story, and eventually, after suffering a breakdown due to my experience, I left the country with them. My friends and I were inseparable. Our favorite pastime was playing manhunt in the dense forest near our neighborhood. The thrill of chasing each other through the woods and the adrenaline rush of trying not to be caught kept us entertained for hours on end. One summer evening, we had split up into teams, and the game was in full swing. The forest had always felt eerie, and the sense of being watched was ever-present. But we were young and fearless, and the excitement of the game outweighed any lingering uneasiness. As darkness fell, we started to lose track of each other. My friend, let's call him Mike, had wandered deeper into the forest, drawn by what he believed were our voices calling out to him. The calls grew louder and more insistent, luring him further into the dense woods. Mike eventually stumbled upon an unsettling scene. Small figures made of sticks were hanging from the trees all around him, like eerie effigies, swaying gently in the breeze. In the middle of the forest, he found a church that seemed to appear out of nowhere, its presence entirely out of place. The calls he had been following abruptly stopped, 
leaving him with a chilling silence. What Mike didn't know was that we had left the forest long before, concerned for his safety and unable to locate him. The voices he had heard were not ours, and he couldn't shake the feeling that something sinister had been trying to lure him deeper into the woods. Terrified, Mike raced back towards the edge of the forest, desperate to escape the haunting scene he had just witnessed. When he finally emerged, breathless and shaken, we were waiting for him. As he recounted his experience, we couldn't help but feel a shiver run down our spines. To this day, we don't know how much of Mike's story was true, or whether his imagination had gotten the better of him. But one thing was certain, the forest had always been a place where we felt uneasy. We had come across broken bottles, mysterious teepees, and signs of demonic activity, likely the work of mischievous teenagers with a can of spray paint. But after that night, we couldn't shake the feeling that something darker lurked within those woods. We never played manhunt in the forest again, and the memories of our carefree teenage years were forever tinged with the eerie echoes of that one fateful night. When I was around 10, I was walking along a track near the ocean with my parents. I ran ahead and heard a commotion in the tree above me, I looked up in time to see a possum's carcass drop at my feet. Its head was gone. I had spooked an eagle. I immediately looked back at my dad, thinking it was some practical joke he's pulled. When we were walking back we saw a couple and warned them to watch out for flying headless possums. They must have thought we were crazy. I had always loved hiking in the woods, and on this particular day, I had decided to venture out alone, seeking some solitude and a chance to connect with nature. The morning was crisp and cool, and the sun cast a warm glow through the leaves as I made my way along the trail. As I rounded a bend in the path, I caught sight of something that stopped me in my tracks. There, in the middle of the trail, was a large, brown creature, running on all fours and staying low to the ground. It moved quickly, and as I watched, it dashed into the bushes, disappearing from sight. My heart raced, and my mind tried to make sense of what I had just seen. Was it just my imagination playing tricks on me? Or could it have been a Sasquatch, the elusive creature of legend? I knew the stories of Bigfoot sightings, but I had never truly believed in them until that moment. I stood there for a moment, trying to process what I had witnessed. But as the initial shock wore off, a growing sense of dread began to take its place. What if there were more of these creatures nearby? What if they had babies, and I had just stumbled upon their territory? Worse still, I started to wonder what the creature had been running from. It had seemed scared, and that thought sent a shiver down my spine. What if there were hunters in the area, tracking the creature, or something even more dangerous. I suddenly felt very alone and vulnerable on the trail. I glanced back the way I had come, my desire for solitude now replaced by an overwhelming need for safety. Making a decision, I turned around and began retracing my steps, my pace quickening with each passing minute. As I hurried back to my car, I couldn't shake the feeling that I was being watched. The once tranquil forest now seemed menacing and filled with hidden dangers. The rustling of leaves and the snap of twigs underfoot only added to my unease. Finally, I reached my car, 
my heart pounding in my chest as I fumbled with the keys. I climbed in, slammed the door shut, and locked it. As I drove away, I couldn't help but glance back at the woods, wondering what secrets lay hidden within their depths. From that day on, my hikes were never quite the same. The memory of that strange, brown creature running on all fours haunted me, and I always carried an uneasy feeling with me as I ventured into the woods. I knew that I had encountered something extraordinary, and that the unknown could be lurking just around the next bend in the trail. Just outside of Roswell, New Mexico, just before we were pulling up to a trailhead I started seeing all these uniforms out in a field about a half mile away. I recognized right away that they look like police doing a grid search, I'm a cop. As we got close enough to read their jackets I saw a DEA and a mobile crime unit van. We continued on and did our hike. On the way out, a few hours later, we saw that they had moved alongside of the road and now were carrying paper bags marked evidence. Paper bags are typically used for evidence that will degrade from being kept in plastic, like anything containing blood body fluids, clothing or weapons with potential DNA, etc. There had to be 100 officials out there between local, state, FBI and DEA. I searched the news for weeks and never found a single thing about it. The second, and probably most creepy thing I've seen was a pack of dogs eating a dead horse outside of a reservation in Arizona. It was so bizarre. I'm from the East Coast so I don't know if that's a thing out West in places with large feral dog populations. I guess they just eat whatever dead animals they come upon. My husband and I both still talk about that one to this day. Other than that we've come across our share of creepy baby dolls. Old abandoned tombstones pre-dating the 1900s, strange slash scary people who just seem off. My hubs has done a lot more solo hiking than I have so I will have to ask him for more creepy stories. I know for sure he is one about hiking the Arizona. I was walking home with a few friends from somewhere. I live in nice quiet area in Finland where a lot of families live. You have to go through the woods if you want to take a shortcut and I used to go through that a lot. One time we were talking about how people are saying that maybe a few years back some guy had used this marble gun thing and shot some granny with it. I don't really know much about those guns except that they shoot tiny marbles slash pearls. All of a sudden there is a guy using that kind of gun shooting into the forest. He lowered the gun and told us he won't shoot while we passed. Nothing happened and he seemed to be all good, but the timing was so odd. I actually think I have been abducted during my entire life. I am 23 years old and things started getting weird when I was 7. They always happened in different ways, when I'm sleeping, laying in bed, or driving in the car. This last time, I was sleeping and I thought it was a dream. But waking up I was so panicked I'm pretty sure it wasn't. I knew right away they weren't human because they had cricket faces with these tall muscular bodies and strange jumpsuits. The only way I could describe them was this metallic light rose gold almost leather type material, but it wasn't, with an assortment of zippers and buttons, but they weren't that they just looked like that, but they weren't from this earth. 
I was walking down a dirt road and they were still talking among themselves but I didn't have enough time to run so I just laid myself down like a rug and buried my face in the dirt. I was so terrified and confused that I just wanted to disappear. They just walked up to me and one crouched over me and then I blacked out. I seemed to have these two perfectly round scoop marks that appeared on my back right calf leg. I have encountered lost time, sleep paralysis, encountered lights in the skies, humming noises, sleep problems, medical problems, crazy electronic malfunctions, and a couple other symptoms. My problems with technology have gotten so bad that I actually have to get a new phone once a month since they keep breaking. Ever since I was little only my bedroom would get blackouts except for when I was home alone then the whole house would get blackouts. It actually became such a regular occurrence I thought it was normal. The TV would never turn on the channel I turned it off. I got this weird perfectly round puddle of water that appeared on my bed. I had something scratch the hell out of me to the point that I was bleeding. Lights always turn off when I go near them or take a while to turn on. I have always had incredible intuition too which seems to be connected with abductions. And strangest of all my boyfriend and I was almost completely sure I was pregnant three separate times, I had all the signs, symptoms, and belly but then overnight I wasn't anymore. Another time my friend and I were driving down the freeway when we observed a lot of lights in the skies that were all different sizes about three groups large lights that looked like helicopters almost and medium and small lights that looked like stars and they started doing some crazy things. They would group up from largest to smallest in a straight light then they would get all mixed up and one would fly in front of the other covering it up. We experienced lost time. What should have been a 20 minute drive turned into an hour long trip. For years now I have been having these horrific nightmares where I was with this big group of people we were standing on the beach and looking at the sky expecting something to come to us. Then these lights appeared almost like a Milky Way and then all of a sudden I'm up in space in a spaceship, I think, I just remember grey walls almost like how Space Mountain at Disneyland looked. I could have sworn I remember seeing a control room area I dunno. But then the dreams turned horrifying these lasted for months and they were always slightly different, but I was running through these black halls almost like a dark parking garage trying to escape monsters with a bunch of other people as well. And also just living in the spaceship I think it was almost like a spacey hotel. The dreams are all mixed together but if you put them in sequence it's like I live there for a bit fine then things turned bad but they could just be dreams. What panics me though is these scoop mark indentations. I have been researching other abduction marks and these look like them. You can very obviously feel the perfectly round indentations and there was absolutely no blood or damage when they appeared. I live in Huntington Beach, California.